I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. I wanted to take a time out to talk to y'all about Anchor. Anchor is a free service that you can use to record, edit, and distribute your podcast right from your phone or computer. I actually created this podcast using Anchor, and so many of my other friends who have podcasts are using it too. It's honestly so easy. You just go on to anchor.fm, create an account, put your cover art in, title your podcast, and get recording. It's so simple. It honestly takes the stress of finding places to distribute your podcast, finding sponsorships, all that kind of thing. It takes that stress right away. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast at all, this is probably the easiest way to do it. So head on over to anchor.fm to check that out. All right, everyone. Welcome back to my weekly rant. Just kidding. Not really. I'm not that funny. Welcome back to The Caffeinated Artist, y'all. I'm Sabrina Canoon, and as always, we talk about art, creativity, we complain about life, and obsess over caffeine on this podcast, and I have missed you guys this week. You guys already know that this podcast is essentially my one way to get all of my thoughts out because as much as I love writing and creating for myself, it's very hard to find the will to do that when that's all I do for school. So thank you guys for sitting here and listening to me talk again today. I hope you're all having a fantastic drive to work, a fantastic day in class, at your job, whatever it may be. I hope you guys are doing well. So without further ado, grab your coffee, your tea, whatever it is you want to eat, and let's get right into this. Okay, so this week has not been fun. As per usual, I feel really bad because my highs and lows should have some sort of variation from week to week, but I guess it's kind of excusable since we are in a pandemic right now for me not to have that much to say other than the usual shit, you know? So one of my lows this week is again the fact that I have an obscene amount of work to do. I have probably had three mental breakdowns minimum this week. I, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've just sat in my bed and curled up in a ball and tried to avoid having to make interview phone calls or writing a story or whatever it may be. You have no idea how much I have felt overwhelmed this week. It's just been one hell of a ride. And honestly, it just continues to get worse because... I've mentioned before on the podcast that most of my friends do live two hours away from here. A lot of them didn't come down to the valley for school, and for those of you who are not from around here, the valley is basically the Phoenix, central Arizona area. Most of them did not come down here for school, and even the ones that did are very busy, just as busy as me, so I don't get to see people very often, and it's just been hard because I'm the type of person that has people in their house all the time. Last year, I was the friend with the biggest apartment, and that's just because I live in student housing and had three other roommates. So that, because of that, I had people over all the time. My friends would come over and, like, pop laundry in the washer or go and grab a pizza from the pizza place that was right underneath my building and come up and we would go swim or... We just do all the random fun things that college kids would do, and I'm so used to having people around that 
it's very hard for me not to have them around. And I know that I'm not the only one going through this. I know that the pandemic is affecting so many people in the same way, if not in worse ways than it is affecting me. But it's just been really hard. I mean, I was never the person that needed constant social interaction. I've told you guys that when I was in high school and even a little bit when I started to go to school here at ASU, I was a bit of an introvert. I didn't like hanging around people very much. And it wasn't that I didn't want to do those things and be with my friends. I just liked being in my own little bubble because that's what I was used to. And thankfully, I got to college and made these amazing friends who absolutely bounce off the walls with energy. And they're the reason I have now become that exact way. And I need the presence of other people to survive. So it's just kind of weird for me that I'm back in an element where I should feel comfortable and I don't feel the least bit comfortable right now and I think that's the most disconcerting thing is not really knowing what to do with myself. So I know I'm not alone in that but that's just been kind of a bummer more so than usual lately. It's been kind of hinging my schoolwork or hinging on my schoolwork. It's not doing it's it's not doing me any good. But that's that, and obviously there are good parts to every week. Like, it is Tuesday night right now because, let's be honest here, your girl procrastinated, and I meant to record this yesterday, but it's Tuesday night right now, and I had a lot to do. So, yeah, you're getting this podcast fresh from my brain. My high was probably the fact that I saw my old roommate today. She's one of my best friends, and she's a very bubbly person. She's very mean to me, just because that's our dynamic with each other. We constantly throw insults out in the most loving way, and it was just really nice to be able to sit with her and feel relaxed and like nothing had changed. She's also a senior, so it's just been really hard for us to get together so I really appreciated tonight and I had some really good wings I'm having a good time I probably ate a little bit too much but it is what it is and how could I forget the best high point of this week I finally got a new mic you guys I don't know if you can tell but the audio quality is already so much better I've done a few test segments since getting this mic just to see the difference from the mic I was using previously. I was using my boyfriend's mic to record the podcast from episode two on. If you ever played the very first episode of this podcast, I was very distant or at least it sounded that way because I was recording off of my phone and obviously iPhone microphones are not the way to go. So I needed the upgrade and I'm really grateful for the fact that he let me use his microphone for so long but I'm gonna be honest with you guys it's really nice to finally have my own because he does use his microphone for work and for class and when I have to borrow it it's just kind of working around his schedule as well because obviously the mic does belong to him and it's easier for him to get things done with it in his possession so I can't just be taking it whenever I want, so now this just gives me a lot more freedom to record on my own in the space that I want to record in. A lot of the time I will record the podcast at his apartment. I can now record it from mine, which makes me really, really happy. So the content that we're getting here is going to start becoming a lot more consistent. Also, just because I mentioned the very first episode where the audio quality was crap... But that doesn't mean you should ever play it back. Please please don't play it. As a matter of fact, if you are new and you want to binge this podcast, skip the very first episode. I do a retake of that episode around, I think it's episode six or seven. And please, please, please just listen to that instead. Use it as your substitute. You'll be fine. Never play episode one, but also I'm not going to delete it because it just shows how far I've come in just nine short episodes. So, yay, everything's going great, and 
the Adobe Illustrator stuff, the content that I've been putting on the podcast Instagram is actually so much fun. I love using Illustrator now that I've kind of got a little bit of the hang of it. So I'm looking forward to definitely creating more content for you guys on there. Thank you for kind of blowing that up, by the way. In the last week or so that I've been actively using it, I've gained 100 followers from the previous zero. So I'm super, super excited about that and I'm excited to see where we are going to go from there. Also, I just want to thank you guys because I think the view count from what I can see on my end with the analytics on the last episode was so much higher than that of any other episode that I've put out so far. And obviously it's not completely about the view count for me. I really am just doing this because I love it and I love interacting with the audience I reach no matter how big or small that is. But it just means a lot to me that people are eager to hear what I have to say on subjects like race and homophobia and sexism and feminism and all of that because in a lot of those areas I don't have a overwhelming level of experience. I will never be able to fill the shoes of a black woman or a black man and tell you my story. I'm not a lesbian woman or a bisexual woman or a transgender woman. I'm trying to hit all the bases here as you can tell but I'm not of any of those subgroups and I don't have experience unique to those subgroups so I really appreciate that people are eager to hear my opinions on the subject and hopefully are kind of finding new ways to include them in your creativity. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm just so excited with where all this is going and I really wanted to get that out of the way before we talked about what we're going to talk about today. That being said, I think what we're going to do today is revisit that topic because The only reason I didn't continue past the point that I did last week is because the podcast had neared about 50 minutes of content that I was going to put in and I didn't think that I should jump up to over an hour podcasts so quickly when you guys have barely stood my voice for 30 minutes and honestly, I think had I spoken for more than an hour, I would have kept forgetting things I wanted to say and... It wouldn't have been nearly as productive as creating a second part to the episode. So that being said, I really wanted to take that time to make a second part because I think this is one of the most important things that should be acknowledged in creativity of any sort moving forward. And not that it hasn't been acknowledged in the past by some people, but it's not enough. And we do need more representation, especially in the political climate that we are currently in. I'm not going to go on my whole rant and spiel today about it, but as always, vote blue, please. Anyway, I talked to you guys a lot last week about using your voice to yell and scream for the people who have been oppressed, whether you are physically getting out there on the streets and protesting and screaming for those people, or doing it in your writing, in your filmmaking, in your dancing, in your songwriting, whatever it may be, however you are using your voice, use it. But I also talked about if you are not a member of those groups and you want to write about their experiences, always make sure you talk to a member of those groups first. Because you don't want to misrepresent anyone. You don't want to make anyone feel less than or as if you've made any assumptions. Always be talking to people about that. But also, I want to talk a lot more about how you as an individual in those groups can use your voice. And... I speak only as a member of the disabled community. I cannot speak for any other racial group, sexual orientation. I do speak for the women, obviously. I forgot to mention that, but I'm sure you all knew that. 
I can only speak for the groups that I'm a part of. So in terms of my experience, I know to write the things that I know to be true for myself and for the friends I have had over the years who have had similar issues to me. I know how a person with cerebral palsy would feel on a day-to-day basis in a high school setting, in a college setting. That's what I know. So that's what I'm going to write about. I also know what it's like to be a woman and even more so a woman in journalism, which is a very competitive field, whether people want to believe that or not. There are always people that are looking to cut your throat for the next story. And oftentimes women and minority groups get walked all over in the process. Now, our job as creators is to make sure that that no longer happens. And in order to do that, we have to be very careful about how we are looking to portray these issues in our work. And I'm going to kind of go over a few tips from myself on in each demographic how you would how you could handle it. I'm not saying that's how you should handle it. That's why I'm backtracking a little bit and a lot of these are generally the same. And there's an overlaying message to all of it. But I'm going to start with my own experience and then I'll go a little broader into areas that I may not know as much about personally. You guys have heard me talk about this a few times over the last couple of weeks. As someone with cerebral palsy, there's a dangerous amount of underrepresentation for not only the community of people with my disability, but the amount of people with disabilities in general. It's very disproportionate, and if they are portrayed, it's often in the form of someone who is deaf or someone who has a terminal illness right off the top of my head. It's never really someone with a physical disability, and that's because people often portray us as less than, as us not being able to think properly or speak properly because a lot of poor people in this world have severe enough conditions that it it impairs their speech or their mobility to the point where people don't realize that there is an actual person inside of there. And it's honestly terrifying. And if you're going to deal with that situation... Honestly, if you are not a disabled person yourself, I really recommend going to maybe a rehabilitation center for people with disabilities and just seeing if you can observe for the day. Observe a therapy session. Observe the people mulling around in the cafeteria because... Not everyone who's in that cafeteria is a doctor. There are patients that are able to wheel themselves or pull themselves over on their crutches or whatever it may be. They may be in the cafeteria alone. It's not always with a parent or with any sort of chaperoning. So just see if you can observe anything about people with disabilities. Observe the looks on their faces more than anything. If someone doesn't talk, just observe the look on their face. Look to the person that's sitting alone. Because more often than not, it's their expression that's going to be the one that you're going to want to capture. And ultimately, from expressions, you can derive a lot of emotion, especially if you're intuitive and creative. It's not particularly difficult because in most cases you are writing a fictional story you don't you're not recounting the details of someone's life 
you're taking an experience that you have seen or been a part of secondhand and putting it into your own words or your own movements or whatever it may be and making something out of it that other people can relate to. And honestly, that's probably one of the most relatable places that you can go because whether someone's acquired a physical disability via being born with that or through an accident, it's the same feeling of grief even if it's not outwardly shown. I know I feel a great deal of grief sometimes for not being able to be like other people my age in certain respects, but it fuels the writing for sure. I think that it's been one of the biggest tools for me because even if I'm not writing about a disability, I'm writing about a feeling that stems from having that disability. So when you're telling the story of a disabled person, you always have to make sure that you are A, capturing those feelings 100% because we are not empty shells of human beings. We each have a little soul inside of us and even if some of us are not fully comprehensive, we know what you're saying about us just by the look on your face, just by body language, you learn to pick it up real well. And that's another thing that you need to include is the fact that I just said that to you, the fact that I'm telling you that the disabled community picks up so much just based off of your body language towards them, that should also be something that you heavily focus on when writing a disabled character because People perceive us as a lot stupider than we actually are. So you A, be mindful of the emotions of those people more than anything because they're just so often disregarded. And B, the number one character trait that you should always look for to portray in some aspect is the fact that we know what's going on. Always treat them as if you... as as if they were like any other person that you would involve in your art that would inspire you because even people who are classified by normal as societal standards have things that make them tick and you know it's just you have to remember that we aren't stupid so that's my tip for you there. Just always use the things you observe and the things that your subject observes in your art because they're your most valuable tools for making portrayals accurate. And that being said, as a woman, do you know how falsely we are portrayed in the media? <laughs> of course you know. I mean, AOC, the most powerful congresswoman of our time is continuously mistreated. You know what I'm loving? I'm loving the TikTok trend that's going around and it is the one that is centered around her talking about Representative Yoho's really callous remarks towards her. I'm trying to figure out a way to say that that sounds appropriate but they were really terrible remarks and I love that people are taking that speech and doing their makeup to that speech because here's the thing women as AOC says you have not been raised by your parents to accept abuse from men and moreover you have not been raised to accept abuse from anyone. I said I wasn't going to get on a political rant today. I'm a liar. In the current political climate, women have been blatantly disrespected, disregarded. I don't understand why we are where we are right now. 100 years ago, there were women fighting for the right to vote for leaders of our country. And now the leader of our country couldn't give 
any less of a shit about women. Unless, you know, he were to grab him by the pussy, right? That's the thing. It's that kind of language. It's that kind of rhetoric that's making its way to the surface again. And now more than ever, we are being faced with the men and in some cases the women who believe that that's true. And women, the only tip I have for you is do not portray a character in any of your art forms as being weak. And I'm going to put it in a way that's not a writing example first. Let's say you're a photographer. I have a soft spot for photography because I'm in a photojournalism class and I see some of the best photographs that have been taken around the world at least once a year because ASU Cronkite hosts an exhibit for the Associated Press. However, I've seen so many photographs of women who are living in tragedies, living among the rubble of earthquakes and floods and hurricanes and tsunamis and just them bawling their eyes out over their dead child, the destruction that has taken place. Want a job where you can use your talents, make a difference, and have the freedom of remote work? Then meet Belay. Belay has contractor opportunities for proven professionals, providing administrative support and social media strategy to fast-paced organizations throughout the United States, all from your home. To learn more, just visit belaysolutions.com slash jobs to apply. That's B-E-L-A-Y solutions.com slash jobs. On their home, there are numbers and numbers of pictures that I've seen of women crying. People take pictures like that a lot of the time and show them as women being weak. And that's kind of a bad example because obviously you see someone in the news and you pity them, especially if they're crying over the destruction of something. But let me put the whole crying thing in a way that women should think of it themselves. Pain, whether it be on a man or a woman, or a woman, did I say or a woman? Wow, you guys, I hate myself. I'm not that funny, but I'm going to keep that in because I think that's great. Whether you're a man or a woman, your pain is valid. The thing is, when men show pain, it's either the whole toxic masculinity thing of, don't show pain, you're a man. Or, wow, he's so brave because he showed his pain and adding to a god complex that's centered around men. Women, here's what I'm here to tell you. Your emotions do not make you weak. Your emotions make you strong. You cannot portray any female figure in your art as weak anymore. I will not stand for it. In terms of book examples, Bella Swan from Twilight. And I bring this up because Twilight's been on my TikTok feed a lot lately and I'm not sure why. I used to love Twilight and I used to be so jealous of Bella because, you know, little girl, Taylor Lautner, Robert Pattinson, it was a whole recipe for obsession. But take Bella Swan, for example. In New Moon, Edward leaps and Bella becomes this shell of a human. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen to women. I'm not discounting anyone's experience with breakups or anything like that, but she turns into a shell of a human who is so desperate to hear his voice that she puts her life in danger. And that's the kind of thing that people see in the media when it comes to women. People, pro-lifers specifically, will see women's marches and women marching for equality and say, oh, wow, this is just emotion. Like, You're being too angry about murder or something stupid like that. But the bottom line is, emotion doesn't make you weak. What they should have done in New Moon 
was they should have had Bella have her redemption arc and it would have made for such a better book and such a better movie had they done that. Had they in New Moon said, okay, your depression period is these four months as they kept it in that movie. But after that, they should have had a scene where she goes, you know what? Fuck Edward Cullen. And she gets up and she hauls her ass out of bed. She learns how to ride that motorcycle. She learns how to do all the cool shit. But then she says, you know what? I don't need Edward anymore. And then the rest of the other two books would be Edward competing for her love with Jacob. And trying to get her back into his clutches. And I think that would have been a much better book. But the point of bringing up Twilight was that Stephanie Meyer wrote a weak, weak woman as the main character have you ever noticed how all the side characters are always a lot stronger than the fe- than the main female take i'm gonna do another vampire show the vampire diaries for example elena incredibly weak bonnie the strongest woman i know rebecca strongest woman i've ever seen and I think that a lot of this has to do with the fact that, that the media wants girls to see the main character and think, wow, I want to be just like her. And to not model themselves after the strong ones on the side. And in a sense, it's saying the ones on the side are strong, but they're not as important because they're speaking up for themselves. Now... If you want to write a story, do any sort of art with a woman involved, she has to be strong. She has to know her rights. She has to scream and yell in the face of every man who tells her that she cannot do what she wants to do. I I don't even know how to put it. I'm getting so heated about it because just female characters need. The personas you build up for your creative endeavors are not weak. Make them the woman you are and the woman that you would like to be. End of story. There are no exceptions for weak female leads anymore. Another female lead that I feel they ruined. Just to put it into even deeper perspective for you. Ginny Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. In the books, Ginny's a badass. She rolls with her brothers. She actually even scares her brothers. In the movies, she's so weak and frail and she chases after Harry. And that may very well be J.K. Rowling's fault because we all know she has this phobia of women being too powerful. But that's the thing, is you have to take after authors like... Veronica Roth, for instance. Yes, Triss loved Tobias. Did she let him make every decision for her? No, as a matter of fact, she went behind his back on several occasions just so that she could do the right thing by their community. Write characters like Veronica Roth writes her characters, not the way J.K. Rowling writes her characters. Mm, End of story. Now... I'm kind of cutting that short because I have a whole episode planned for feminism and it sounds kind of repetitive that I'm saying that over and over again, but I really want to sit down and plan out my episode on feminism in order to give you guys some real quality content. So that was just a brief angry rant and a little inspirational talk to be used as a tip. So I hope that that was okay. But I want to get to the more pressing issues at hand and that is the rights of those who are potentially even more threatened than women right now and that is the african-american community and the gay community the transgender community just the whole lgbtq community first of all i really i'm trying not to butcher this topic Because I, again, have no experience in this realm of thinking, nor in this realm of creating, because I have yet to implement these tips myself. But 
I think that now more than ever, it is important to amplify the voices of these communities. And I know that it can be really difficult to do so, especially with everything going on. It's probably bringing up a lot of triggers for most of you. As someone who isn't even a part of your community, it's brought up things for me that make me incredibly upset that I wouldn't even know how to begin to cover things like this. And sometimes, you know, when you care about something so much, you almost can't find the words to say when you're talking about it. And that can happen a lot in your art, too. You may not know what to write about the protests that have been going on, about George Floyd's death, about Breonna Taylor's death, about Ahmed Arbery's death. You may not have any clue. You may not have any way to express how you're feeling about gay marriage rights being taken away. And that's okay. The first thing I want to advise you guys to do is to just sit down and write a list of words. Write a list of how these things make you feel. And if it's the same word over and over again, that's okay. And women, this actually does apply to you too. I really should have segued in with the tip rather than explaining what um, group I was talking about next, but women, this applies to you too, so listen up. Write down words about how things that are making you upset in the current situations that are going on today make you feel. And as I said, if it's the same word, it's fine, but try to write more than one word if you can. For those of you who have written down several words, then group those words together. If any of them have similar meanings, put them together. If you could string them together in a sentence, put them together. Now, I want you to make a sentence out of them. So say, I feel blank. I think blank about X, Y, and Z, whatever it is you're experiencing, whether it's the things that have been more publicized on the news or something you have personally experienced. Write a sentence about it. And if you feel compelled to do so, keep writing. And this goes for directors, artists of any kind, not just my writers. Write the sentence. And if you want to write more, write more. But if you can't write more, what I want you to do is pin it on your wall. Because eventually feelings subside. Eventually you're going to get used to the oppression. Eventually you're going to get used to the sadness and everything that surrounds it. And no, we should not. But that's just the way society works, unfortunately, is that people get very complacent to the things going on around them. They think, oh, wow, I did my part because I put a post up on Instagram or because I, um, what's it called? Because I went out to one protest. And while that's all well and good, it's not necessarily fixing the problem. And I'll be honest with you guys, I don't know if there is a way to fix the problem under our current administration or even in the next four years if things don't go the way that they're supposed to go in the next two weeks. I have no idea if any of this can be fixed. And even so, it's not a matter of a couple of years. It may take a lifetime for us to fix all the damage that has been done. But because it's so hard for you to write about or create in the moment, keep that sentence pinned to your wall for a time when you're starting to feel complacent. During the time that you feel complacent, is the time that you're probably going to be the most stable to create something that has to do with that feeling or with that experience. And that's when I want you to look at that sentence and get just upset enough for you to be able to create something. Because some of the most powerful art comes from anger and comes from grief. And if you're a poet especially, I know that this has worked for me. I will come back to a sentence and I will use it in my poem over and over again as a repeating theme. And that's just the way I do things. That's not the way you have to do things. But it, it helps theme your photography projects, your dances, whatever it may be. 
it helps fuel all of that. So that's just the one thing that I advise you to do. And I know that I said in the last episode that you all need to be talking to people. If you're a man writing about a woman's experience, for example, talk to a woman. You have no idea what our experience is like. Talk to a woman if you're writing from the female point of view or if you're creating something from the female point of view. But I know I told you all, regardless of what group this is, this is for all of you, I told you all to talk to people about their experiences. And that's why I'm going to say more formally interview them. Don't just talk to them. Ask them the questions you want to know. Because especially when people aren't being recorded for a publication, they will say anything. And if you are just very clear with that person about the fact that you're not going to use anything they said and put it in their name if you tell them that you're just using their answers to draw a general picture of how someone from their community may be feeling that will get them to open up to you even more because they know that they're not going to get any heat from anyone on the matter so interviewing is also a great step in getting people to engage with you and open up to you and just to immerse yourself into something, especially if you're not part of those communities, something that you would not know how to cover and write about or create otherwise because you don't want to do anyone injustice, especially not now. With, And I'm not saying it's right to do injustice to anyone in any context, but especially in the context of cancel culture, we have to be very careful about the way that we put things because even if you may not mean something a certain way, majority of people will take it that way because you never know who means it and who doesn't anymore. It's too hard to decipher that information. So obviously you're going to get canceled. So just be extraordinarily mindful. And that's a lot of all of my statements about the feelings of grief in my mind were di- directed towards the African American community for the gay community it is the same thing and I should have disclosed that I know I opened this up with kind of focusing on the deaths in those communities but I know that there are several transgender people who have been brutally murdered I believe it's in the state of Pennsylvania over the last few months just for being a transgender person and those people I, I i feel incredibly sad that that is the world that we live in that people have to be beaten and killed for dressing a certain way for identifying a certain way for loving someone it's just ridiculous to me that this is still a problem and I'm sorry, that's why I don't really know how to provide tips on this because it just boggles me that this is still an issue. It's the same thing. If you're not part of the gay community, interview someone who is gay or bi or lesbian or anything. Just interview people, talk to people, see how they're feeling. I'm lucky enough to have a few friends who are proud bisexual and pansexual women and are two of the most amazing people I know, actually. And take it in stride. It's sometimes a little difficult for them in certain aspects of their life, which are not for me to disclose. But I can't even imagine the way that that would go through someone's mind. Luckily, the two women that I know are two very creative people. And on the one hand, I have no idea how one of their feelings towards their sexuality comes out in their creativity but the other I mentioned a poet because I was thinking of her writes some of the most inspiring poetry based off of the feelings of sadness that she's felt build up in her home life in her relationships and things like that just some of the most inspiring things because she took the time to write a sentence or two about her feelings and come back to it or share a little bit of her feelings and say wow this would be good for a poem and maybe even jot it down in a text message to me and then be like, hey, remind me of this. 
there's all sorts of ways that you can pinpoint those feelings. And just always, always be mindful that everyone has their own problems going on in life because no matter what the color of your skin is no matter what your sexual orientation is no matter what gender you are we all at our core have the same issues and those are love and acceptance not just from others but from ourselves and i'm going to be honest with you guys you can't obtain love and respect from others if you aren't first getting it from yourself and that's why it is so incredibly important to be using your voice right now, you guys. Just, if you aren't out there protesting, writing, drawing, making movies, making documentaries about what's going on right now, if you're not out there doing any of these things, then you're not using your voice effectively. Because people may not be listening to us today, but you never know. By next week, somebody could be listening and that somebody could help you change the way everyone looks at these situations. So don't let anyone silence you. Remind people that just because you are not physically present right now, that your voice is louder than ever. We have a power, especially during this pandemic, to continue to persevere in our creative projects. We are able to still produce art for people to see, for for ourselves, to keep ourselves sane. It is not at all easy to navigate life in this pandemic. It is awful. And I don't know where I would be without the writing during the pandemic because honestly it's just it's been insane and I can't imagine how other people are feeling who can't escape the news who can't escape the oppression the violence that's going on in our country the stupidity of the people in power right now there are people that just can't escape that And we have the power to do so. And more than that, we have the power to help change people's outlook on the things that are happening. Do not stay silent right now. Get out there. Make that movie. Write that story. Do that dance. Touch someone's life. And do it respectfully. That's really all I have to say. And this probably could have been more eloquent but I think I hit every point that I wanted to hit even if it was just reiterating a lot of what I said last week I think that this is something that we need another reminder on and I think not next week's episode but the week after will be very heavily focused on feminism and potentially how to cope with physical trauma as in in the realm of feminism there are a lot of people right now who are concerned for abortion laws because of sexual assault reasons and I think that that's also a very important thing to cover in your writing I think I mentioned a book at the beginning of the podcast called speak by Loria Hulse Anderson and that's a powerful book about sexual assault and I think that that's also a perfect not a perfect god it's a good topic to cover while on the subject of feminist feminism so in the next two weeks I think that's something I want to talk about a lot more in depth and I as a woman probably have a lot more to say on the subject than I do about a lot of the things that occur in this episode because you know I can speak to that a lot better than I can this so be on the lookout for that and that's all I have to say about all this but just a forewarning you guys for the next episode I have a special surprise it's not really going to be related to art it's going to be a little more personal a few episodes back I mentioned to you guys that one of my best friends had come to visit me and spent the weekend with me and it was great And I said that maybe two weeks ago 
again, but the first time I said it was probably about a month ago at the beginning of this podcast. And that very same friend who is a big bubble of energy and the funniest person that I know will be coming on the podcast with me this weekend because he will be in town and he likes to make fun of this podcast because my voice apparently sounds a lot different than it does in person but yeah he's very down to record with me and we're gonna figure out something to talk about together and it's gonna be a lot of fun you guys are gonna get to know me and see a side of me that you probably don't see on this podcast very often and I'm excited because I think that this this whole episode is probably going to be bouncing off the walls because that's just the kind of guy he is and it's going to be fun. You guys will probably enjoy it a lot more than hearing just me talk for an hour. So, woohoo! I'm very excited about that. As always, I'm going to ask that you guys please, please, please follow the podcast on Instagram at the caffeinated artist podcast. I post a few week a few updates a week on there just to brighten your guys' day or talk about a new episode coming out. I'm going to start doing polls and all of that fun stuff. So interact with me on there. Also follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Canoon S A B R I N A K E N O U N no dots no underscores no nothing and follow me on twitter at the sabrina kino so it's my name and k-e-n-o and both of those will be written in the description box of this episode as well that being said i love you guys i think we're clocking in at 50 minutes again that's really cool but i love you guys and stay safe out there wear a mask Watch the debate, vote blue, and remain hydrated and caffeinated this week, please. I love you guys. I will see you next week. As things change, other things stay the same, like Ohio Lottery scratch-offs. From small tickets to big tickets, from bright colors to flashy themes, there's something for everyone. Big wins make big stories, but it's the millions of small wins every day that make life-changing memories. And your biggest win will come by following the state-recommended safety protocols during this special holiday season. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.